This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Western North Carolina. Welcome to a Monday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. It's December the 4th, 2023, exactly three weeks to go until Christmas, believe it or not. Uh, Lots to talk about this morning. Obviously, the Fuhrer in college football, some uh, interesting issues. Results in uh, pro football yesterday, uh, so we'll talk about all that coming up. Um, just a programming note this week, um, we're going to have our uh, interview with Dan Zampano, who usually is on on Fridays to talk NFL football. We're going to have him on on Thursday this week. Uh, I will not be here uh, on Friday, and uh, matter of fact, I'm going to have Friday, Monday, and Tuesday uh, of next week off. I'm going to be away from home, so... Uh, uh, we're going to have Dan on on Thursday to talk NFL football. Um, I got a chance to see. I, I crossed one off my bucket list this weekend, and I know most people are. My my wife's best friend, Ann, who is, listens to our show, uh, Barb was talking to her yesterday and said, yeah, we went to a concert on uh, Saturday night. And, and Ann was like, oh, what you go see? And uh, <laughs> my wife said, we went to see the Oak Ridge Boys. And Ann went, who are they? <laughs> and she's my, you know, I mean, she's my age. But not a country music fan, obviously. But uh, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, the Oak Ridge Boys have been around since the late '60s. I've been a fan of theirs since uh, the late '70s. Um, I discovered them when I was in high school, and then, of course, everybody knows the Oak Ridge Boys. I said to her, I said, just tell her to look up the song "Elvira." Everybody knows the Oak Ridge Boys because of "Elvira," but they have had so many big hits um, uh, and great people. And uh, so I've been a fan since the late 70s. I'd never gotten a chance to see them. They had their Christmas show. They were in Hiawassee, Georgia, which is about 10 minutes from my house. Uh, and uh, the funny part is the Oak Ridge Boys actually started as a uh, gospel group in northern Georgia, right near Hiawassee. So uh, it was kind of a homecoming for them. They come there uh, quite often. But they're on their farewell tour. This was their Christmas show. So it was the first time I'd ever gotten a chance to see them live. Uh, and I was thrilled. And I, and I kept thanking my wife because it was not her kind of music. And she took one for the team. And I thanked her many times. Yeah, you don't have to keep thanking me. It's just, you know, uh, one of the advantages of moving to the South um, is that a lot of these people, a lot of these country music stars that I've always wanted to see, they don't come, they didn't come up to New England very often. So they're down here all the time. I got a chance to cross a bunch of them off my bucket list. And I did that uh, this weekend. So that was fun. Um, so. Uh, what was not fun, and it, this was funny too, the, at the uh, at the Oak Ridge Boys concert, we went, uh, the Georgia-Alabama game was in progress when we had to leave for the concert. The concert started at 7 o'clock. The game was at 4. I got to watch uh, most of the first half. Then we got to the venue, and we're in the mountains of, of you know, northern Georgia, western North Carolina. There was no cell service at the concert hall, at the concert venue, I had no way of knowing what the hell happened in the game. Well, then, of course, the concert starts. One of the guys is from Alabama. He says, we're not going to talk about 
I know I'm in Georgia, but we're not going to talk about football. I knew right then that Alabama had won. I come back home, and, of course, I find out it was a three-point game. And uh, people in Georgia are uh, uh, very disappointed. Their team is not going to have a chance to win its third consecutive national championship. Um, Here is, you know, look, this is the last year of the four-team college playoff, and thank God. Because what the college football committee did here this weekend in deciding who was going to be the top four teams is an absolute travesty. Absolute travesty. Let me tell you something. You know, I understand Alabama beat Georgia, but look at it this way. In this game, Georgia uh, missed a 50-yard field goal that doinked off the, the, uh, uh, one of the uprights. Uh, they fumbled the ball inside their own 20 that led to an Alabama score. They should have won this game. Now, they didn't, okay, and I get that, right? And you can say, well, Alabama beat them. Right, well, Alabama was ranked eighth. Georgia was ranked first. We're not even having this ca- this conversation without a miracle that happened against Auburn last week. They had no business winning that Auburn game, and they, they throw that bomb late in the game, and somehow, you know, they score the touchdown. Absolute miracle. And, you know, they had to struggle to beat Arkansas. They had to struggle to beat Texas A&M. You know, they had so many games where they had to come back late to win games. They got thumped by Texas. Look, Texas belongs in. After what they did this weekend, Texas belongs in. I have no issue with Texas. I have no issue with Michigan, obviously, right? I mean, I have no problem with that. I have no problem with Washington. Washington is undefeated out of the Pac-12. They beat a very good Oregon team in the Pac-12 championship game. Alabama, I'm sorry, does not belong in the college football playoffs, period. End of discussion. And you can say whatever you want to say, but look, and I'm not telling you that Alabama stinks, okay? I'm not telling you that. But they beat the two-time defending national champions by three points in a game that Georgia essentially gave to them because of that turnover. You don't go from eight to four. And not only that, and and I still believe Georgia belongs in there, by the way. Now, having said that, the team that really got hosed and has an argument all day long, and I will defend it to the day I die, is Florida State. Florida State went undefeated. And the, the college football playoff committee had the gall to say the reason that we did not pick them to go into the playoffs is because their quarterback is hurt. Their top two quarterbacks are hurt. They're playing with their third string quarterback. They beat everybody on their schedule. Everybody in the ACC, which is not some chump conference. They beat Florida with their backup quarterback. 
They beat Louisville in their conference championship game. They smothered them with their third-string quarterback. It was so bad, the Florida State starting quarterback actually apologized for not getting hurt sooner. How can you justify a team going undefeated from the ACC? You know, and we can talk about Liberty later if you want. I don't have Dan Zapano on this morning, but, you know, they also went undefeated. But you can't, you can't tell me that they would have been undefeated if they had played in the ACC the way that Florida State did. Florida State belongs in the playoffs, period. They got absolutely hosed. Now, if, you know, look, you could make the case that Georgia should leap, if anybody was going to leapfrog Florida State to get into the playoffs instead of them, it should have been the two-time defending national champions that lost a three-point game in our conference championship game to number eight Alabama. You want to make an argument that Georgia should get in over Florida State? I could buy that. But if you're telling me that the number eight team leapfrogged an undefeated Florida State team to get in just because Florida State doesn't have their starting quarterback, that's a load of crap. And the college football playoff committee should be ashamed of themselves. That's gross. Absolutely gross. Georgia belongs in. I'm sorry. And, and nobody, you know, and I saw one thing. Uh, Laura Rutledge from ESPN said, well, uh, Alabama's better than Oregon. I mean, uh, better than Washington. No, they're not. No, they're not. Washington is really good. And I thought, I thought Oregon would beat them, and they did not. But you're putting in an Alabama team that leapfrog an undefeated team, a team that that, uh, you know, beat a conference opponent by three points that that was four and eight. Arkansas, they beat them by three points, a four and eight team. They got a damn miracle to, to, uh, to beat Auburn. I mean... You know, I mean, it was an absolute prayer. You know, you know the team was six and six. They had to, to pull away late to win that game. Um, you know, and you lose it te- by ten at home to Texas. I'm sorry, they don't belong in. They don't belong in. And all the Alabama lovers can come at me all they want, but you can't justify this. You can't. Now, next year, of course, they're going to a 12-team playoff. It's a different conversation. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you can't say, well, we decided we're going to have a 12-team playoff this year. You can't do that, obviously. But it's a crying shame, and it's criminal what's happening to Florida State. And, by the way, if they had the 12-team playoff this year, even if you wanted to leave those top four, if you had a team playoff, I could buy it because then, you know, we could prove it on the field. So what would it look like if if you had a 12-team playoff this year? Well, if you put in Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama as your top four, then your next four your next four in would be Florida State, Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon. 
And then 9 through 12 would be something that would be like Missouri, Mississippi, Penn State, and Liberty. And Liberty, because they're undefeated, even though they're not in the power conference, you know, they're getting in to the 12-team playoff. And so then you'd have Liberty playing Florida State, Penn State at Georgia, Mississippi at Ohio State, Missouri at Oregon. And then those winners would play Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama. We could potentially have a Texas-Georgia, you know, quarterfinal and a a Florida State-Alabama, Ohio State-Washington, and Oregon against Michigan. I'd love to see that. And you could eliminate the crap that, you know, and and I hope to hell that, you know, the plan for that 12-team playoff next year solves these problems. But this, you can't justify jumping a number eight team over an undefeated Florida State team. Could you make the case Georgia should, you know, you could make the case of Georgia because of the, you know, the SEC and the fact they they went undefeated in conference play and lost a three-point game um, in the conference championship game. You could make that case. But you can't make that case for Alabama jumping Georgia. You, I mean, uh, jumping Florida State. You just can't. So I feel for all the uh, the fans of Florida State this morning. Yeah, it's just not right. Uh, so what does is, what is Florida State uh, get now? Well, now they're going to play uh, – <laughs> they get to play Georgia in the Orange Bowl on December 30th. It'll be number five, Florida State, number six, Georgia, on December 30th in the Orange Bowl. It'll be an interesting game. I, I mean, you know, look, I think Georgia wins that game. Uh, Liberty, by the way, got in the Fiesta Bowl, which is very cool. Uh, I that, that Liberty offense, I watched a lot of their game against New Mexico State on Friday night. Man, I'll tell you what. The, that is a very complex offense, and the way that they they move guys around, the way that they run that football, it's it's not an easy thing for defenses to handle. It's going to be very interesting to see how Oregon handles it. To me, the story here is going to be whether Liberty can stop Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl because Oregon's got you know I'm a big Bo Nix fan. That Oregon team can move the football, so that'll be a great game. But that's uh, that's New Year's Day at uh, the Liberty Bowl, so that'll be pretty cool. Uh, Penn State, by the way, gets the Peach Bowl. They will play uh, Ole Miss uh, on December 30th. And Ohio State-Missouri should be a good game um, on December 29th. But it's going to be Michigan, number one Michigan, against number four Alabama in the Rose Bowl. And I hope to hell Michigan beats them by 110 points. I'm serious. I hope they beat them by 110 points. And then Washington and Texas in the Sugar Bowl. New Year's Day. That's going to be fun. National championship game, of course, will be – uh, January the 8th uh, in Houston, Texas. And it looks like, to me, it's going to be, if I had, if you put a gun to my head, I'm going to say Michigan and Texas. But it's hard to to uh, to, to count out Penix and that uh, Washington team. They are very, very good. But uh, anyway, I, I just feel very badly for the, uh, the Florida State fans uh, this morning. NFL football yesterday. We're not going to talk about the Patriots. <laughs> That uh, thank again. I'm thanking God that I did not have to watch that game. six nothing. They lose to the San Diego Chargers or the Los Angeles Chargers six nothing. Oh my God! And by the way, you know the the only thing I'm going to say about it, they showed a shot from Foxborough. I cannot remember the last time there were that many empty seats for a December game in Foxborough. I mean, it was it's embarrassing. And uh, they need, 
in, not only does Belichick need to go, I think they need to blow it up. I'm not sure they, they don't, I'm not sure Gerard Mayo's the way they want to go. They need to blow that thing up and they need, uh, you know, they need the, uh, the defibrillator paddles because that, that franchise right now is on life support. It is uh, the way that they have handled things since Tom Brady left that franchise has been criminal. And it really rests on it rests at the feet of Bill Belichick because he makes the personnel decisions. But ultimately, it comes back to the owner because he has allowed Belichick uh, all that latitude despite the fact that there has been no success there. But uh, that franchise, whew, it's as bad as it's been in a long, long, long time. But I'll tell you who it's not bad for. The San Francisco 49ers made the case yesterday that they are the best team in football. They didn't just beat the Philadelphia Eagles. They beat the ever-living hell out of the Eagles. 42 to 19. 42 to 19. The 49ers scored touchdowns on six straight possessions. Unbelievable. And this was, by the way, after their first quarter, they finished the quarter with minus six yards. Minus six yards, and they won the game, 42-19. to 19. Uh, Brock Purdy, you know, we can throw around names like Tyreek Hill and, you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, Jalen Hurts, you know, uh, Tua to throw around whatever names you want to throw around. Brock Purdy has got to be in the conversation for most valuable player. Has to be. He was phenomenal yesterday. Four more touchdown passes. Look, it doesn't hurt that you got Debo Samuel to throw the ball to. It doesn't hurt that you have Christian McCaffrey to throw the ball to. But once again, Brock Purdy just carves up opposing defenses. Four touchdowns, 314 yards, didn't really make a mistake, and just a dominating performance by the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, look, and everybody in Philadelphia held their breath because Jalen Hurts left with a to get checked out for a concussion. Now, the good news is he came back. You know, I mean, and, and, you know, came back into the game, but it didn't matter. I mean, that was just a dominating performance on both sides of the football for the San Francisco 49ers. Just unbelievable. And now the 49ers will have Seattle on Sunday. They're going to beat Seattle, obviously. And then the Eagles, look, after getting punched in the mouth, and make no mistake, there's no other way to put this. They got punched in the mouth, and now they have to go play the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Sunday night. And that in and that will be for first place in the NFC East. Philly is ten and two. The Cowboys are nine and three. That Cowboy team can put up a lot of points, and that's that Cowboy defense has been pretty stingy. It's been uh, more stingy than the uh, than the Eagles. 
And as far as the 49ers go now, the NFC West is all but decided. They are 9-3, and three, a three-game lead over the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks, uh, and it's over. Now they just have to uh, keep that edge. Right. And, you know, and, and I don't you know, I don't know whether this was really uh, revenge for last year, but it does make you think, you know, if Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt in that NFC championship game last year, are things, you know, uh, who's do they win the, the Super Bowl? Because I'm telling you what, you know, and look, they had a little, mis- they had a, you know, a, a three-game losing streak here, and it was, you know, Brock Purdy was making mistakes that he didn't normally make. Well, he's gotten past that, and I think right now that kid, um, he's got to be at the, in the, he's in the top three for MVP in this league, and he's, and and I don't care what anybody says, he is one of the greatest stories in the history. Of the NFL, and I, I don't think that's hyperbole. A guy who was Mister Irrelevant, the last guy taken in the NFL draft, and here he is, um, just carving up opposing defenses. And uh, again, if he doesn't get hurt last year, I think they go to the Super Bowl. I think they win the Super Bowl. Um, and now it's going to be interesting to see how the Eagles respond because they didn't lose a heartbreaker here. They got dominated. So there'll be some soul-searching in Philly this week. And, uh, and you know, Philly fans were absolutely stunned by that result last night, and rightly so. Uh, the other big game of the week was the Sunday night game, the Packers and the Chiefs. And the Packers pull off the upset. They beat the Chiefs 27-19. and The Packers now find themselves with a three-game winning streak. They are up to 6-6. Six and six, And they are, according to the, uh, you know, the, the stat geeks, they have a 65% chance of making the playoffs now. And three weeks ago, they were dead and buried. But the last couple of weeks, Jordan Love, you know, and, and – and, you heard Dan, you know, the last couple of weeks, he says, you know, let's not panic about Jordan Love yet. Well, the last couple of weeks, Jordan Love's been great, and he was great again last night. 25 of 36 for 267 yards, and uh, they beat the Chiefs. And, look, they got some help. There is no doubt, and, and you can we can debate whether, the, you know, they should have called interference on the last play of the game on the ball thrown into the end zone or not, but you cannot argue – um, late in that game, when the Chiefs were trying to get the tying score, they were down eight, so they were going to have to score the touchdown in a two-point conversion. But you cannot argue that there wasn't pass interference on that play down around the 10-yard line on a ball thrown to Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling. There is, I mean, the defender ran right through his back. There is no doubt that that's a penalty. Should have been fl- Should have been thrown. And, you know, the uh, the NBC uh, guy they had in the booth, I can't remember who it was. But anyway, you know, and he said, that, oh, it's no question. And the other help that the Packers got, there was a call made against the Packers for a late hit 
on Patrick Mahomes when Mahomes was running for a first down trying to get extra yardage, and he was still in bounds, and he took a pretty good shot from one of the uh, Packers' secondary players, and they whistled or they threw the flag, and it should they shouldn't have. And again, you know, the NBC uh, uh, official they have in the booth there said, no, nope, it's not a penalty. Not a penalty. He was clearly inbounds. He was he was a runner, and he was trying to get extra yardage. He wasn't running out of bounds. He was right along the sidelines trying to get those extra inches to get the first down. And so they so he so they they put the ball there, and then they give him 15 yards on top of that, which made it even easier. So you know, <laughs> the uh, uh, the referees tried to help uh, Kansas City out. On that play, but then they took it away on that uh, that pass interference call that should have been made. There's no doubt that was pass interference. Now the play in the in the end zone, I'm okay with that. You know, I mean, it's basically a hail mary pass, and you know, there's going to be a lot of you know jostling around in a group like that. But and I give Patrick Mahomes a lot of credit um, after the game, and he said, look. You know, talking about that pass interference call. He said, you know, it looked like the guy was there, you know, a little bit early. He says, but it is what it is. He said, at the end of the game, they're letting guys play. And he says, I'm kind of about that. I'd rather you let the guys play and let the guys win it on the field. You know, he said, I have to try to go out there and win the game myself. You know, and not worry about wanting a flag. I can't be wanting a penalty call. I have to try to win the game. So I give him a lot of credit for that. And look, this game got chippy. You know, and, uh, you know, Isaiah Pacheco, the idiot, uh, gets caught up on a play and throws a left hook at one of the uh, Packers, gets ejected from the game. So they don't even have him on the field, you know, for the end of the game. The guy who would run for 110 yards, he's not even an option uh, to catch a ball out of the backfield or even be a decoy because he got thrown out of the game. You know, it's just dumb. Just dumb. By the, and by the way, we saw the same thing in the Philly, uh, the Philadelphia game. A couple of guys got ejected, <laughs> including the uh, the guy who's the head of security for the, uh, the Eagles. He got caught up in the scrum. And, uh, yeah, just so a lot of chippiness going on, but a couple of uh, – uh, very important games, and uh, the 49ers make a statement, and the Chiefs, look, they're going to win their division. There's no question about that. They they have a big lead. They're Even with the loss, they have a two-game lead over Denver. So they're going to win the division, but now, you you know, there's some questions. There's been questions all season. Patrick Mahomes, you know, everybody wants to continue to sing his praises, and I'm not telling you Patrick Mahomes stinks, but Patrick Mahomes has been inconsistent this year. He threw an interception late in the game yesterday that hurt his team, that you know that now all of a sudden and he, they give the ball back to the Packers. The Packers hang on to the ball for most of the rest of the game, end up kicking a field goal to go up eight, but because of that interception that Mahomes threw, you know, now, he, now he's got a minute to go and no timeouts. So he's been um, inconsistent. 
he's still he's still very good. Don't get me wrong, but you know. Uh, so there's questions in Kansas City. Are they the best team in the in the AFC still? I don't think so. I think the Baltimore Ravens are. You know, and you, you, we can talk about the Dolphins if you want, because the Dolphins are also nine and three. But right now, and and I don't, I still think the Dolphins are. You know, look, they they can score. I don't know who they who they can stop, but they can score. But now Kansas City finds themselves in a position where they've got to leapfrog Baltimore and Miami. And by the way, Jacksonville plays uh, a banged up. Bengals team tonight, so I expect Jacksonville to win that game. They're going to be nine and three. So Kansas City's going to find themselves with three teams ahead of them in the race for best record, and so they're going to be. You know, they may get their first game at home, but they're going to be on the road if they want to go back to the Super Bowl. And I just, I just don't think this Chiefs team um, is good enough because you cannot lose that game. I know it's on the road. I know it's you know Green Bay and all that other kind of stuff. But that's a game you got to win, and they made some mistakes, uh, you know, late in that game. And granted, <laughs> granted, they they got a little help uh, at one point, and then they had it taken away uh, because the referees uh, hurt them. But that's a game you can't lose to the Green Bay Packers. You know, the, look, the Packers are the youngest team in the NFL. The average age I saw last night in the broadcast is like twenty-five and a half years old. You have got to win that game last night if you are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. 35 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 37 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Monday morning. Uh, I mentioned the Dolphins, and I said, you know, look, they're 9-3. and three. It's hard to get real excited about the Dolphins because the Dolphins haven't beaten anybody that has a good record, that ha- that's over 500. And they're going to have you look if they do that, you know, start getting a qual get a quality win or two, and I'll pay attention. But look, you know, week after week, you know, and they gave Kansas City a good game. I'll give them that. But week after week, you know, when they got to play a good team, look when they play went to play Buffalo, and Buffalo isn't as good as we thought they were. They got beat by twenty eight points at Buffalo. You know, they got beat by a couple of touchdowns by the Eagles. They lost to the Chiefs. Who have they beaten that's any good? You know, everybody else that they have beaten is 500 or below. Um, you know, and they beat Washington yesterday, 45 to 15. Pardon me if I don't get too excited, you know, because they beat a uh, NFC East team that's 4-9. And Tua Tungavailoa, you know, another strong game, 280 yards. A couple of touchdown passes to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is having an amazing season. You know, he's his name is being thrown around for MVP. But I can't – I'm sorry, I just can't get excited about the Miami Dolphins despite their 9-3 and record. You know, they're again, they're going to win that division – because they've got a three-game lead over the Buffalo Bills, and the Buffalo Bills are probably not going to make the playoffs. Um, so, you know, look, we'll see. Miami uh, next week has the Tennessee team. You know, and again, Tennessee, not very good, right? Tennessee is 4-8, and eight, so they'll probably beat the hell out of them, but big deal. You know, and they, you know, and maybe, maybe because of their schedule, 
you know, maybe they run through their schedule, and now they've got a couple of tough games late. This is this is where the rubber is going to meet the road, and we're going to find out how good they are. Yes, they have Tennessee this week, and then the following week they have the Jets. So they're going to be, at that point, 11-3, and you would think, because both those games are in Miami. You would think they're going to win them. So they're going to be 11-3. and But then they have to play Dallas. Then they have to play at Baltimore, and they finish the season with a Buffalo team that is probably going to need that win to have any chance to make the playoffs. So uh, two teams that are right now 9-3 uh, and three, and a 6-6 six and six Buffalo team that's going to be desperate. So they may be 11-3, and three, and they may finish the season 11-6. and six. Be- but Because until they beat one of those teams, I'm not buying it. Uh, a team that is in big trouble, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Steelers, and not just because they lost yesterday. Uh, they are in trouble because, yes, they lost the game uh, to a bad Arizona Cardinal team. But now they sit at 7-5 and five and no Kenny Pickett. Their starting quarterback got knocked out of the game late in the first half with an ankle injury, his right ankle, and did not play the rest of the game. Matter of fact, came out after halftime with a boot on that foot. Uh, the report that I heard late last night was that Kenny Pickett was going to need surgery. So he's going to be out, you know, potentially for the rest of the regular season or close to it. And by the time he comes back, it may be too late. So now these chances for the Pittsburgh Steelers making the playoffs are going to rest on the arm of Mitch Trubisky. Good luck. You know, I mean, I think probably every uh, every Pittsburgh Steeler fan yesterday when Pickett got hurt threw up. Because any chance that they had, and look, uh, Kenny Pickett had a nice game last week after they fired Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator. It looked like things were going in the right direction. You've got the Arizona Cardinals coming in, right? The Cardinals stink. Uh, you know, they they come in with a uh, a two and ten record. So you got that one in the books. Instead, they lose twenty four to ten. Cardinals pick up their third win of the season. By the way, the happiest uh, people that. Uh, of that outcome, the New England Patriots, because now the Patriots have the number two overall draft pick. If things stay the way they are, the Carolina Panthers have the worst record. Now, the Panthers don't even get to keep that pick. It would go to the Chicago Bears because uh, uh, on uh, the draft rate trade from last year so that Carolina could move up in the draft. So Carolina won't even kiss. So it will be the Bears and then the Patriots. You know, uh, and and I don't have uh, look, and and this is going to be <laughs> the Steelers' next game. By the way, is the Patriots, so it's going to be Mitch Trubisky and Bailey Zappi at quarterback. And you know, the, the Patriots lost six six nothing this week. You know, and the game is in Pittsburgh on Thursday night. That could be six uh, three. Pittsburgh wins. Oh my God! It's, and and on national television. Well, actually, it's not on national television. It's uh, because it's a Thursday night game. It's on Amazon. I don't think I'll be tuning in. I'm gonna go to bed early anyway because I got to make a trip on Friday morning. But uh, oh my God! So you know, maybe Pittsburgh has a chance to win that one, but they've got to be very, very nervous about their playoff chances, despite that seven and five record right now. You know, and which puts them, you know. 
in the hunt. You know, they have to play New England. Okay, great. But then you've got to play at Indianapolis, who's, you know, Gardner Minshew, by the way, is got Indianapolis playing pretty well. Uh, and then you've got Cincinnati, Seattle, and Baltimore. It doesn't look good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I, I guess the good news for Mike Tomlin and Steelers fans, they have a ready-made excuse now because their quarterback's hurt. So when they don't make the playoffs, they can say, well, if Pickett hadn't gotten hurt, we would have made it. Uh, another ugly game yesterday that I had to watch because I live uh, down in the Atlanta area. The Atlanta Falcons beat in an absolutely putrid game. They beat the uh, New York Jets yesterday 13-8. to eight. That's right, 8. There was one touchdown in this game. One. Uh, it, it was a, a touchdown pass from Desmond Ritter. To McCole Pruitt. That was it. That was the enti- that was the only touchdown of the game. Uh, and God love you know Tim Boyle, starting quarterback for the New York Jets, uh, kid out of Mid- Middletown, Connecticut, uh, Xavier High School, same place where Will Levis went to high school. You know it was great to hear them get a shout out on the uh, uh, on the broadcast yesterday. But uh, this was just a gross game. Uh, and the Atlanta Falcons now are six and six. They've won two in a row. They sit at first place in the NFC South, which is the worst division in football, and it's not close. The funny part is, is you know, look, uh, the Saints lose yesterday, and they're still in it. They lose to Detroit yesterday. Detroit moves to 9-3. and three. But the Saints lose. Derek Carr gets hurt, and the Saints are 5-7, and seven, and they're only a game out of first place in the NFC South. The Buccaneers still are in it at 5 and 7. That's how bad that division. It doesn't look who whoever went, comes out of there is get beat in a hurry because the Falcons stink. Uh, you know, Bijan Robinson, their, you know, their their star running back is really good. But the fact that they are 6 and 6 with Desmond Ritter at quarterback. I mean, look, it, the Falcons no matter what happens this year, they have got to find themselves a quarterback because Desmond Ritter ain't it. He was 12 of 27 yesterday. He had that one touchdown, but that was it. 12 of 27. And that's like a typical performance. I mean, the good news is Desmond Ritter didn't throw his normal couple of interceptions in the game. But, my God, what an awful game that we had to watch yesterday. Awful. Um, the Texans beat the Broncos. They finally stopped the Broncos' winning streak. Uh, the Texans win the game 22-17. to So, uh, Houston puts themselves... At 7-5, and five, tied with the Indianapolis Colts, uh, a game and a half behind Jacksonville pending the outcome of tonight's game. They could be two games back. Um, but uh, Nico Collins, 191 yards receiving. C.J. Stroud threw for 274 uh, yards. Uh, by the way, the uh, Nico Collins, that was like the, I think, the second highest uh, yardage for a tight end. Uh, in NFL history for a rookie tight end. Uh, hell of a game. Uh, now the Texans get to play the Jets on Sunday, so they'll win that game. Uh, the Broncos need to try to rebound. They're going to be facing a desperate Rams team. The Rams win yesterday. Uh, they beat the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns had to play 38-year-old um, guy, who, <laughs> 38-year-old quarterback that they signed a week ago when their backup quarterback – uh, 
got hurt. They had to sign Joe Flacco, and now Joe Flacco this week has to step in and start the game. Holy crap. And, uh, look, he started out pretty good, hit four of his first five passes, uh, you know, but uh, late just fell apart. Threw a late interception, got uh, nailed for a safety late in the game, and uh, the Rams win that game 36-19. to So the Rams, look, they're still in it. Uh, and with the way the NFC is shaking out, a team that is, you know, a game or two over 500 is definitely going to make the playoffs. So the Rams at 6-6 six and six, right in the middle of it. So that's going to be a very, very interesting game uh, next week for sure. It is 48 minutes past here. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little baseball. Uh, the uh, uh, Hall of Fame. And uh, another manager going to enter the Hall of Fame uh, after a vote yesterday. So we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 37 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Monday morning. Uh, I mentioned the Dolphins, and I said, you know, look, they're 9-3. and three. It's hard to get real excited about the Dolphins because the Dolphins haven't beaten anybody that has a good record, that ha- that's over 500. And they're going to have you. Look, if they do that, you know, start getting a quality, get a quality win or two, and I'll pay attention. But, look, you know, week after week, you know, and they gave Kansas City a good game. I'll give them that. But week after week, you know, when they got to play a good team, look, when they played, went to play Buffalo, and Buffalo isn't as good as we thought they were, they got beat by 28 points at Buffalo. You know, they got beat by a couple of touchdowns by the Eagles. They lost to the Chiefs. Who have they beaten that's any good? You know, everybody else that they have beaten is 500 or below. Um, you know, and they beat Washington yesterday, 45 to 15. Pardon me if I don't get too excited, you know, because they beat a uh, NFC East team that's 4-9. And Tua Tungavailoa, you know, another strong game, 280 yards. A couple of touchdown passes to Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is having an amazing season. You know, he's his name is being thrown around for MVP. I can't I, I'm sorry, I just can't get excited about the Miami Dolphins despite their nine and three record. You know, they're again they're going to win that division because they've got a three game lead over the Buffalo Bills, and the Buffalo Bills are probably not going to make the playoffs. Um so, you know, look, we'll see. Miami uh next week has the Tennessee team, you know, and again, Tennessee, not very good. Right? Tennessee is four and eight, so they'll probably beat the hell out of them, but big deal. You know, and they, you know, and maybe, maybe because of their schedule, you know, maybe they run through their schedule and now they've got a couple of tough games late. This is, this is where the rubber is going to meet the road and we're going to find out how good they are. Yes, they have Tennessee this week. And then the following week, they have the Jets. So they're going to be at that point 11 and 3, you would think, because both those games are in Miami. You would think they're going to win them. So they're going to be 11 and 3. But then they have to play Dallas. Then they have to play at Baltimore, and they finish the season with a Buffalo team that is probably going to need that win to have any chance to make the playoffs. So uh, two teams that are right now 9-3 uh, and three, and a 6-6 six and six Buffalo team that's going to be desperate. So they may be 11-3, and three, and they may finish the season 11-6. and six. 
Because until they beat one of those teams, I'm not buying it. Uh, A team that is in big trouble, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, The Steelers, and not just because they lost yesterday. Uh, They are in trouble because, yes, they lost the game uh, to a bad Arizona Cardinal team. But now they sit at 7-5 and and no Kenny Pickett. Their starting quarterback got knocked out of the game late in the first half with an ankle injury, his right ankle, and did not play the rest of the game. Matter of fact, came out after halftime with a boot on that foot. Uh, The report that I heard late last night was that Kenny Pickett was going to need surgery. So he's going to be out, you know, potentially for the rest of the regular season or close to it. And by the time he comes back, it may be too late. So now these chances for the Pittsburgh Steelers making the playoffs are going to rest on the arm of Mitch Trubisky. Good luck. You know, I mean, I think probably every every Pittsburgh Steeler fan yesterday when Pickett got hurt threw up. Because any chance that they had, and look, uh, Kenny Pickett had a nice game last week after they fired Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator. It looked like things were going in the right direction. You've got the Arizona Cardinals coming in, right? The Cardinals stink. Uh, you know, they they come in with a uh, a two and ten record. So you got that one in the books. Instead, they lose twenty four to ten. Cardinals pick up their third win of the season. By the way, the happiest uh, people that. Uh, of that outcome, the New England Patriots, because now the Patriots have the number two overall draft pick. If things stay the way they are, the Carolina Panthers have the worst record. Now, the Panthers don't even get to keep that pick. It would go to the Chicago Bears because uh, uh, on uh, the draft rate trade from last year so that Carolina could move up in the draft. So Carolina won't even get. So it'll be the Bears and then the Patriots. You know, uh, and and I don't have uh, look, and and this is going to be <laughs> the Steelers' next game. By the way, is the Patriots, so it's going to be Mitch Trubisky and Bailey Zappi at quarterback. And you know, the, the Patriots lost six six nothing this week. You know, and the game is in Pittsburgh on Thursday night. That could be six uh, three. Pittsburgh wins. Oh my God! It's, and and on national television. Well, actually, it's not on national television. It's uh, because it's a Thursday night game. It's on Amazon. I don't think I'll be tuning in. I'm gonna go to bed early anyway because I got to make a trip on Friday morning. But uh, oh my God! So you know, maybe Pittsburgh has a chance to win that one, but they've got to be very, very nervous about their playoff chances, despite that seven and five record right now. You know, and which puts them, you know, in the hunt. You know, they have to play New England. Okay, great. But then you've got to play at Indianapolis, who's, you know, Gardner Minshew, by the way, is got Indianapolis playing pretty well. Uh, and then you've got Cincinnati, Seattle, and Baltimore. It doesn't look good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I, I guess the good news for Mike Tomlin and Steelers fans, they have a ready-made excuse now because their quarterbacks hurt. So when they don't make the playoffs, they can say, well, if Pickett hadn't gotten hurt, we would have made it. Uh, another ugly game yesterday that I had to watch because I live uh, down in the Atlanta area. The Atlanta Falcons beat in an absolutely putrid game. They beat the uh, New York Jets yesterday, thirteen to eight. That's right, eight. There was one touchdown in this game. 
one. Uh, it, it was a, a touchdown pass from Desmond Ritter to McCole Pruitt. That was it. That was the that was the only touchdown of the game. Uh, and God love you know Tim Boyle, starting quarterback for the New York Jets, uh, kid out of Middletown, Connecticut, uh, Xavier High School, same place where Will Levis went to high school. You know it was great to hear them get a shout out on the uh, uh, on the broadcast yesterday. But uh, this was just a gross game. Uh, and the Atlanta Falcons now uh, are 6-6. Six and six. They've won two in a row. They sit at first place in the NFC South, which is the worst division in football, and it's not close. The funny part is, is you know, look, uh, the Saints lose yesterday, and they're still in it. They lose to Detroit yesterday. Detroit moves to 9-3. and three. But the Saints lose. Derek Carr gets hurt. And the Saints are 5-7, and seven, and they're only a game out of first place in the NFC South. The Buccaneers still are in it at 5-7. and seven. That's how bad that division. It doesn't – look, whoever went, comes out of there is getting beat in a hurry because the Falcons stink. Uh, you know, B. John Robinson, their, you know, their, their star running back, is really good. But the fact that they are 6-6 six and six with Desmond Ritter at quarterback, I mean, look – the Falcons, no matter what happens this year, they have got to find themselves a quarterback because Desmond Ritter ain't it. He was 12 of 27 yesterday. He had that one touchdown, but that was it. 12 of 27. And that's like a typical performance. I mean, the good news is Desmond Ritter didn't throw his normal couple of interceptions in the game. But, my God, what an awful game that we had to watch yesterday. Awful. Um, the Texans beat the Broncos. They finally stopped the Broncos' winning streak. Uh, the Texans win the game 22-17. to So uh, Houston puts themselves at 7-5, and five, tied with the Indianapolis Colts, uh, a game and a half behind Jacksonville pending the outcome of tonight's game. They could be two games back. Um, but uh, Nico Collins, 191 yards receiving. C.J. Stroud threw for 274 uh, yards. Uh, by the way, the uh, Nico Collins... That was like the, I think, the second highest uh, yardage for a tight end uh, in NFL history for a rookie tight end. Uh, hell of a game. Uh, now the Texans get to play the Jets on Sunday, so they'll win that game. Uh, the Broncos need to try to rebound. They're going to be facing a desperate Rams team. The Rams win yesterday. Uh, they beat the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns had to play 38-year-old um, Guy who, <laughs> 38-year-old quarterback that they signed a week ago when their backup quarterback uh, got hurt. They had to sign Joe Flacco, and now Joe Flacco this week has to step in and start the game. Holy crap. And, uh, look, he started out pretty good, hit four of his first five passes, uh, you know, but uh, late just fell apart. Threw a late interception, got uh, nailed for a safety late in the game, and uh, the Rams win that game 36-19. to So the Rams, look, they're still in it. Uh, and with the way the NFC is shaking out, a team that is, you know, a game or two over 500 is definitely going to make the playoffs. So the Rams at 6-6 six and six, right in the middle of it. So that's going to be a very, very interesting game uh, next week for sure. It is 48 minutes past here. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little baseball. Uh, the uh, uh, Hall of Fame. 
and uh, another manager going to enter the Hall of Fame uh, after a vote yesterday. So we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.